Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message.
is our price. Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If grace is. We're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like an officing kiss. And my heart turns bodily side of my chest. And I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves. Yeah, He loves us. He loves me, oh how 
some conviction. You need to know this morning, he loves you. Yeah, he loves me. Make it personal. Oh, how he loves me. No greater love than a man. Oh, Lay down his life for a friend. He loves me. Oh, how he loves Church singers. Yeah, he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. One more time. Yeah, he loves me. right now. Can we just let him know how much we love him? Come on. Give him an ovation. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is in our midst. Come on. Come on. Come on.
that we feel in this place right now. Your presence. And it's that presence that just fills the room to let us know that you love us. God, I don't know the conditions of people's hearts in this room, but God, you do. You do and they do. And today as I preach your word, God, convict us. Convict the saved and the lost. I say it often, but God, I think so many times we've been saved so long that we we act like we don't need change. (laughs) God, I stand behind this pulpit this morning telling you I need change. I need to be closer to you. And before I even preach a word, I'm going to repent. God, help me to chase the things of God and not the things of this world. God, as two worlds are colliding more and more, let me see the importance to pursue the things of the kingdom and not of this world. God, again, you know the condition of hearts in this room. And I'm asking you right now, God, on the calloused Christians, God, soften us. On those that are here that's lost, God, tug at their hearts this morning. God, you said that you would rather us be cold or hot. And if we were lukewarm, you you said that it made you sick at your stomach and you would spit us out. God, let us choose hot. Let us choose hot this morning. God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name. have called this church for a time such as this. I have called this church into a season of anointing and power. My day is coming soon and I have called you to go forth in power and authority and preach the gospel. See healing. See salvation. Declare it in Jesus' name 
and it will be done. Again, I have called this church into a season of power and authority. Do not let it go to waste. Wow. Is that not what we've been saying for the last couple weeks? And he puts his stamp on it this morning. Wow. I'm going to preach this word. And I have, like, the whole week I've, I've studied this word and I've tried to figure out how to close it. And I don't even know. I'm just now opening it, but I'm still trying to figure out how to close it. And I want to close at the end of this in repentance. Not just lost, but saved. Revival starts with repentance. And we said a lot of times, and we say that word, and we're like, well, I don't need to repent. Yes, we do. <laughs> when you say you don't need to repent, that's when you need to repent. So we're going to end this thing in repentance today. But I want to continue with this thought of head to head. Last week we talked about standing firm, and this week I want to talk about being transformed. And, you know, when Jesus saves us, when Jesus rescues us from this life, he begins a process in us, Angie, by taking each of us from where we are to a life that is centered on him. And when he does this process, it is true that Jesus loves us the way we are. And a lot of times we get stuck in that thought. But I've come to tell you this morning, yes, Jesus loves you the way you are. But it's equally true this morning that he loves us way too much to leave us where we are. Where we are right now is not even close to where he wants us to be. Jesus gave his life so that I could have mine. He gave his life so I could have my life. Now, not just so much as a mediocre life, but rather Jesus said that he desired that we would have a life that was fully in love with him. He said that the, that the enemy would come to kill and steal and destroy, but that he had come that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. Now, we're going to talk about a word this morning called transformation. And I want us to understand that not like a lot of Christians think, you know, transformation is not the moment I got saved and then you handed me the book of do's and don'ts. You know, transformation it's not a quick fix. Transformation is not an overnight process. Listen to me. I've been saved for many years, and I still ain't where I should be. He's still working on me. But here's what I have learned over the time that I have been saved. It takes time. My time. It takes dedication. My dedication. And it takes commitment on my part. You see, we want Jesus just to come in and do a quick fix and fix us and make us perfect. No, Jesus comes in and he says, now give me your time. Give me your dedication. Commit yourself to me and let's see where this thing goes. So the question comes down to this morning when we talk about transformation, it's not do I want to be transformed because I truly believe we ask everybody in this room, do you really want to be transformed into the likeness of Christ? We're all going to shake our head yes. So I'm going to ask you, are you willing to partake in the process that it takes to become transformed into the likeness of God? Because I'm guilty. I look at areas of my life and I'm like, man, that needs transformed. And that's as far as it goes. I, 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 it's kind of like, I'll get to that later. But God's asking some people today to prayerfully 
consider what needs to happen to allow God to do the work of transformation in those areas of our life. Because again, it's easy. It is truly easy for me to see faults in my life, but it's hard to fix. We looked last week about standing firm in our faith, and we talked about how this world attempts to offer us different values and a different set of values and one that includes things that are a lot of times attractive. The values of this world, they're attractive. If they weren't, people wouldn't flock to them. They are attractive, but ultimately they're inconsistent and it's difficult to stand on the values and the priorities of this world because they move every single day. So how do we pursue the things of Christ? How do we continue in this walk? We allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit into all truth. Not just the truth that we want to know, but all truth. Let Him speak to us and guide us and lead us. And when we do, what happens, Adam, is we begin to experience the abundant life that Christ said that He came to give us. Now, how do I keep the experience going day to day? That's the problem we have. We all get excited on Sundays, but then Monday rolls around. And I go to work, and I got to deal with all those people. Here's what I believe. I believe God desires things from us as we move forward in life. And after we lay the foundation, we will see. But the first one I want us to look at today is being transformed. And I want to look at this story, and I want us to think about this movie. Well, movies. When I was a kid... There was a series of cartoons called Transformers. And I used to watch that cartoon growing up, and I loved it, Optimus Prime, and, and, and all the, I mean, they were just Bumblebee, all those, I, I loved watching that cartoon. And this cartoon now has become a series of movies that has become a very huge hit. It's very popular. And, and, and the reason it's so successful is the idea of being a transformer. I mean, who doesn't want to be able to take ordinary cars and transform them into superheroes? Like, th- that's cool. It's amazing. They have amazing abilities. You can take a, a little Volkswagen bug and turn it into Bumblebee, and he's fighting. Take an 18-wheeler, and Optimus Prime is tearing things up. But my point is, they are very ordinary vehicles that end up doing extraordinary things. And I want to tell you this morning, I believe God desires the same work to happen in us. We are very ordinary people that God wants to transform to do extraordinary things. We are just like that. Many of us have tempted to follow the patterns of this world. We get caught up in sinful behavior that ultimately it doesn't fulfill us. I could pass this microphone around in this room and every one of you has got a story of how you chased the world and it let you down. But yet we still pursue the things of this world. There was an old show, Father Knows Best. Well, I'm telling you, Father Knows Best. God truly does know what's best for us. In fact, the verse that I want to look at today is Romans chapter 12, verse 2, if you want to look at that with me. This writing, Paul, here, and here's what he has to say. He says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Within one verse, Randy, it is amazing to me, Paul gives us an equation. First, he says there's subtraction. Take some stuff out. Then he says there's some addition, some things we need to put in. And then finally, he said, you got the outcome, the answer. Now, break this down, and I want us to look at some things and keys to having transformation in our life. And the first one is, we have to say no to this world. 
We must say no to this world. The first thing Paul tells us is simply say no. He said, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Let's just leave that up there for a minute, Connie. But that's what he says. He says no to the world. Don't be conformed to the pattern, to the ways of this world. No. Now, when I was growing up, no meant no. And I'm a firm believer that in everyone's life, there is a rhythm of some kind. Our life has some type of rhythm that we go to. Some have healthy rhythms. Some wake up in the morning, you drink your cup of coffee or your tea, and if it's tea, you're weak. And you spend time with God, you get in His Word, you have time of prayer, and then there's some very weird people that even add to that, and they go a little extra, and they actually do physical exercise. Like they work out before they go to work or school. Others, however, find themselves caught up in unhealthy rhythms in life. And when our life becomes unhealthy and the rhythms of the things we do, what happens is, Danny, we begin to see sinful habits coming over and over and over and over. Habits that just kind of trickle down into other areas of our life. And when we find ourselves in unhealthy rhythm, and, and trust me, I've been there, we, have to, we, we, we allow the things of this world to kind of lead us astray from the things of God. And we get caught up in that very first part. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. We get conformed. Those things trickle down and we get caught in this cycle and, and, and we kind of get there, David, and it's like, how do I get myself back out of this? And then finally, we have to come to a place where we conclude that, you know, what God needs from me is a simple McFry waking up in the morning and saying, no. Just say no. I have to say no to this habit. I have to say no to whatever this unhealthy rhythm in my life is. I have to wake up this morning and I have to determine no. I know some of you have got stories of addiction. And there was a day that you finally had to wake up and you had to say no. No more excuses, no more nothing, it's just no. Now, again, it's not easy to say no. If it was, we would all be great right now. In our life right now, the first step into transformation for everyone in this room is for us to have an eternal dialogue with ourselves and the sin and say no no more sin you've been creeping back into my life every time i'm convinced that you're gone and even if you continue to present yourself to me as a temptation i'm telling you right now my mind's made up no see that's kind of the problem a lot of times we think we defeated it and it's never going to come back. And we've not had a predetermined mindset that when it does come back to present itself, we don't have a no made up. You know, Go back into the wilderness. The Bible says that when, the, when Satan left Jesus to leave, it said until another time presented itself. He left until another time was going to present itself to tempt him again. So in other words, what that means to me is, yes, today I may say no and I may defeat this thing. But if I don't have a determinate no, the next time it comes back, it creeps back in. Many of us have an unhealthy rhythm in our life right now because we have what Paul says is we're trying to copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. You see, when, Danny, when, when we have a rhythm in our life, 
we will be in some form or fashion mirroring something. Either we're mirroring, mirroring the values of this world or we're mirroring, mirroring what God has for us. Now, we've received subtraction. Do not be conformed to this world. Say no. So what do we add in its place? We say yes. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes to the things of God. No to this world and yes to God. Once we locate the worldly patterns that we've been following, we've got to create a space and say, God, this is where my yes is to you. Work in this place in my life. This addiction, this thing, this unhealthy rhythm that I have in my life that always keeps dragging me down, it's got to be replaced with a yes to you. So, once we locate it, then Jesus desires that we live that life constantly, not occasionally, constantly seeking to grow from it. Now, I heard, I think Belinda, and I forget who was out there, but they were talking about flowers, plants. I think it was Daddy. So, if I have plants... And I pour water on the plant. What's that going to help it do? Grow. So if I pour water over a plant, it shows that that water is going to help make it grow. Now, if I want to continue to see this plant grow, do I just pour water over it once? I have to continue to pour over the plant. You are a plant. And if you want to grow, you have to continually be poured upon. That's why Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. Not Pentecostal, come to the altar and get filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm done. No, Paul said every day you should be getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you're constantly, you're being sucked dry every day by the world that you live in. Do you want me to tell you why we get mad at the guy that cut us off? We get, I mean, we get so bent out of shape because we haven't been filled today. I'm going to drop a mic because I, I can't preach this because I'm talking to Mick. Now, what if I pour sweet tea on a plant or pop it's not too pure. It has to be the purest of all. It has to be water. Romans chapter 2 verse, or 12 verse 2, Paul is concerned with how we think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lisa Paul says you got to think different. You've got to think different. You can't think the way you were thinking or you're going to say yes to what you shouldn't be saying yes to. Now, our thought process is very important when we think about this because when it comes to growth and the potential to grow in the kingdom of God, oftentimes, Danny, the temptation to follow the worldly patterns, the worldly values begins with a thought. Is that not why Paul says, capture every thought? And bring it into submission to God, into the Word. But the same is true for the patterns of Christ in our lives. Spending time reading and studying the Word, it gives us the right type of thought process. And I'm just going to be mean when all we do is listen to Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow. And if you listen to her, you're weird. Just saying. But if we listen to these people 
constantly. We're always in fight mode. The reason our world is in the shape it's in right now is because all we do is listen to right or left. And we don't listen to Jesus. That'll go over well, right? It's the truth. If we spend as much time as we did on Netflix, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the world would be a much better place. If we would spend that much time in the Word. We're looking for Trump and Biden and Pelosi. and We're looking for people who are idiots. They're ignorant. They've got worldly values. Trump has worldly values. He's not our Savior. Jesus is. Oh, good Lord. But we're looking for people. It's going to change. 20 years from now. I can't believe Republicans are thinking like that. I can't believe Democrats have went back to what they used to be. It's a cycle. It's it's constantly moving, Randy. And it's what we stand on. We're more concerned about the election in May and November than we are the coming of Christ. This is free. It ain't even in here. That's us trying to pour Coke on the plant. Sweet tea on the plant and not water. Just like the plant, if we can't water our minds and hearts, we can't just do that occasionally, David. The Bible talks about this concept in Psalm chapter 1. He says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. There's no Democrat, there's no Republican that can fix what the world needs. But I promise you, there's churches around America that can fix the problems that the world needs. David is a walking, talking example of the importance of meditating on God's Word day and night. God's desire, we just, He don't want us to have the Word near us. And that's what we have. We have a Bible on every shelf. He don't want the word near us. He wants it in us. Let me hide your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you, O Lord. Our minds, our hearts, our our thoughts of our life. The work of transformation will only be done when we allow God to do it. Saying no to this world and saying yes to God. Maybe something needs to change in your morning and your evening routines that allow God to transform you from the inside out. And it starts with spending time with Him. Well, Pastor, I don't have time. You watched four episodes of Grey's Anatomy on Netflix last night. I'm just going to leave that alone. Our thought process is so important when it comes to growth potential in the kingdom of God. Oftentimes, the the, the temptation to, to follow worldly patterns and worldly values, again, it begins with a thought. Spending time and studying and all these things, again, we have to say no to this world, and yes, to God. Again, Paul closes out Romans 12, verse 2, with an outcome. He said, if you'll subtract this, add this, he says, you'll prove what the will of God is. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we've said no to the world. We've said yes to Him. Now we have to discern our purpose. We know Paul wrote this letter 
many, many years ago. And it's amazing that God knew what we would need even right now today. There are people in this room right now, you have spent time searching tirelessly for your purpose in life. You've tried to find it in the things of this world and you figured out you couldn't. You've tried to find it in relationships and you figured out you couldn't. You tried to find it by achieving social status and you realize that's not going to do it either. What you're looking for is God. Christ is the only one who can give you meaning and purpose in your life. And when you find him and he's really in your life, then guess what? You get to figure things out in this world. You get to find true meaningful relationships. You get to find that your social status in this world doesn't matter as much as what he says in the end. Because many of us are chasing pats on the back and, and raises and, and you're an awesome person in this world and we're going to stand before him and he's going to say, depart from me because I don't even know who you are. He's called us to do great things here on this earth. He's gifted us and he's given us abilities that nobody else has and he's given those to you to build the kingdom, not the world. I've said it time and time again, Randy. I believe it with all my heart. God gave Christians the idea of many things before he did the world, and we didn't act on it, and they built off of it. Imagine what would have happened if Christians would have took the social media platform. What would have happened if Christians would have took the, the technology that was given? You're not going to be satisfied until you're using your stuff for the kingdom. That's why we search job after job after job after job trying to find meaning in life. Listen to me. I, I feel like you've got purpose in life. And, I, and if God's called you to be a nurse, you're a nurse. If he's called you to be an engineer, be an engineer. But you've got to find him before you find purpose in that. You won't be satisfied until you're using what you have for the kingdom. I wonder how many people have a sense of calling from God. But because we have so many unhealthy rhythms, they distract us from a true relationship with Him and we back away from doing the things that He's asked us to do. You see, Danny, I haven't been able to sense God's leading because I haven't spent time with Him. That's what happens. You may say that this morning, Pastor. I haven't been able to sense God's leading. And I'm telling you, it's probably because you haven't spent time with Him. But the good news is, there's still time. Now tomorrow, there may not be. But right now, right here, right in this moment, you have an opportunity to rewire your life. You get to say no to this world, yes to him, and change your thought process. The Bible is full of moments where God makes it clear that there's still time to give your life to him. Even the thieves hanging on a cross, getting ready to die, and he had time. Our biggest problem, and I'm raising my hand, we're procrastinators. I'll do it tomorrow. Garth said it best. If tomorrow never comes. We are procrastinators. We put things off to another time, another day, and you know what? We never do them. I'll do that tomorrow. Well, tomorrow I forget. So now my life consists of, I got sticky notes all around my computer. So before I get on anything, I have to pull sticky notes off. Hey, I need to call Randy. I need to call Nate. I need to do this. I need to do that. So I, I have to do that so I don't procrastinate. But we put things off and we never get them done. And all this has been in place of, I, I, I mean, I, I, know I, I know I've done it. When we procrastinate with spiritual things, we then what happens, 
is, Danny, we buy into the lie of it's too late. No matter how great the distraction or the distance between you and God, there is always a way to come back. I don't care how big the divide is. Even if we've had to learn the hard way, there's still a way back to God. Joel said it this way, if the praise team would come. Joel 2.12, Yet even now, declares the Lord, Return to me with all your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning. Now, I love what he says there. He says, return to me. That means they had to be with him at one time. Some... All the way back in Joel, God invites us to give him our lives. Run back to him in repentance. I think we struggle with this, but it's amazing to me that Jesus Christ came to this earth and Randy, he was tempted by the same worldly things that we are tempted with and yet no sin. And then ultimately, he dies on a cross for our sins so that we can be transformed Walking, talking, reflections of God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But you are not too far gone. You are not out of the game. This morning... Christ wants you back. He wants you back. And He wants you back so much that He says this morning there's a seat for you at the table. (laughs) He saved you a seat at the table this morning. I'm talking to lost people and struggling saints. There's people already coming to the altar. shared with you all that when my dad got killed in the coal mines as a kid I had anger at God and my anger created very sinful habits unhealthy habits I can remember as a 18 19 year old I had anxiety and panic attacks didn't know what was happening to me But in February 1998, God showed me it wasn't too late. (laughs) God showed me a love that I've never experienced before. And I'll tell you this morning as they sung that song, I felt that love. I'm telling somebody right now, right here, it's not too late. It's not too late to pray. It's not too late to call out to the Lord and follow His lead. To struggling Christians, it's not too late to take the path that He's laid out for you and follow Him. In fact, as long as you have breath in your lungs, it's never too late.
What are you facing today? What trial are you facing? It's time to pray. Even if everything seems fine, it's time to pray. It's time for the church, it's time for the lost to wave the white flag and surrender. Now, now is the time. God wants to show some of you a love that you've never experienced. Some of you today, that means returning to a faith that you once knew. For some, it's strengthening strengthening a faith that you have right now. For some, it's a, a faith that you've allowed to grow cold. And for some, it may be a faith that you've never known. You've allowed distractions. Some of you right now, to the church, you feel distance between you and God. You know there's a divide. I'm going to ask you this morning, can you muster up enough energy to do something about it? There's already some in this altar. Don't let pride get in the way of you and a right relationship with God this morning. This praise team's getting ready to sing. For some of you, when they start, I want you to step out. It's going to be a new step of faith for you. A new relationship that you've heard others talk about, but you've never made it your own. And believe me when I tell you that when you step into this life of faith, it is the wildest adventure that you'll ever take. But the, return, the eternal reward is worth every moment. This is a time of repentance. To the saved and to the lost. They're getting ready to sing this song. And when they start, you make up your mind. You make up your mind. Where's your relationship? How are things with you and God? Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.